Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill! Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale, and welcome to episode 23. My name is John. And my name is Tori. So, today, to continue with the October spooktober, spook fast, scary business, blood, guts, and gore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... We have some good horror stories that are actually horror stories that were reported in the news even. And I think that's very interesting. I'm pretty excited for this. And I'm going to read some of them and you're going to read some of them. And we're going to scare the listeners. Are we though? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, so first, hopefully everybody had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. I know we did. It was delicious. Everybody? Well, everybody that had Thanksgiving... In Canada. In Canada. And yeah. if you had some other kind of Thanksgiving type thing in a different country, hopefully it was tasty and safe. Yeah. Ours was tasty and safe. Oh, it was too tasty. Yeah. I haven't eaten that much food in a long time. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. well, um, I haven't overeaten that much in a long time, I guess I should say. Yeah, we had, we got to have two yeah. meals. Yeah, we were very, very lucky, lucky and very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so mine's not a news article. Yeah. Mine's just a story about heinous something very heinous oh nice um <laughs> what are you doing just getting comfy <laughs> <laughs> all right um so this man that i'm about to talk about his crimes were said to have inspired Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, Ooh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs. Maybe not totally inspiring all of them, but uh, it was a source of inspiration for these movies. And yeah. probably other ones as well. Do you have any guesses who this is? 
I did when you said psycho, but then I completely lost it on the other two. Okay. Um, so this is the story of Ed Gain. I, okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yep. Was he the killer that dressed up like a clown? No, honey. Who was that one? That is, um... No, that's that's John Wayne Gacy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's right, too. It feels I've like... I've heard of Ed Gain, though. I absolutely have. He is a famous serial killer. Yeah. Um, it feels like we've had a long day again. Yeah. <laughs> that's been a long weekend, too. So, I'm not going to get into every detail of his life story, but... So, this is a... Very old story, basically. The yeah. origins are very old. Um, so, it's also been, like, said, and it's fairly widely known that the stuff Ed Gain did impacted, like, true crime culture and just, like, American horror culture and stuff. Yeah. Fairly decently. Even though I wouldn't <clears throat> say I wouldn't say Ed Gaines' name is as widely known as maybe like Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy. Yeah. Or people like that, but he's like up there with yeah, these people, right? For sure. Um so Ed's dad, Ed Gaines' dad, was an alcoholic and his mother was Kind of like the classic overbearing kind of religious lady, right? Yeah. And because his dad was an alcoholic, his mother did most of the parenting and stuff. And Ed had a brother. And I'm not, I don't think there was any other siblings, but the brother is all I kind of read about. Yeah. Um, but his mother... Um, the story kind of goes that his mother was kind of like a self-righteous, uh, very strict religious lady who would spend a large amount of time in Ed Gaines' childhood, like, commenting to him that lust and sin go hand in hand, women are temptresses, yeah, and... Yeah. Sex is bad, basically. Yep. Which is not a shocking story because that's how some of these stories happen with yeah. with parents that are like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> excuse me. So it's understood that he, whether he had different feelings on the inside, he actually, um like molded himself to try to be like good in his mom's eyes. Yeah. So he didn't really fight it, at least on the outside. And he, um, despite being shamed by her all the time for like maybe normal childhood stuff and normal childhood type questions and stuff, he tried to get her approval basically. He spent his life doing it. Yeah. So he never felt like he was good enough and... I don't... 
know if that's what it is. I think it's more like he right. tried very hard to make her happy with him. I don't know if he felt like it wasn't working. I don't know if that... Yeah, I meant maybe um, his mom made him feel like he was never good enough. Like, maybe that's why he was trying to get her approval so oh, hard. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he just believed that was truly the way to be a good person and he tried really hard to... Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like comb through research to who knows because he didn't from what i read he didn't even really give a whole lot of his thought process to the police and stuff anyway so yeah i guess it's all speculation some of that is yeah yeah exactly um so in 1940 when ed gain was 34 his father died and ed still lived at home um, and then about a year later, his mom died. Um, I learned that her room in the house, yeah. he kept it in perfect, pretty much perfect condition and like dusted it and kept it like really nice and stuff. Yeah. And apparently when the police like raided his house, the rest of the house was like trashed. Like there was quite a difference in how he had specifically kind of kept his mom's room compared to the way he actually lived. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, and uh, what else did I learn about this? Oh, it said that several people, after his mom died, several people started going missing in the area. Um, but he was ultimately only linked to... Two different actual murders. So a lady who owned a tavern that he liked going to, she she went missing. And her name was Mary Hogan. And um, a few years later, I, th I believe it was three years later, um, a lady named Bernice Warden, who worked at a local hardware store, she went missing. And it was her disappearance that ultimately led the police to question him and pretty much catch him. Because um, he had been at that hardware store, I believe, the night before. And there was a like a handwritten receipt by um, Bernice Warden that linked him as the last customer or something. Oh. And I believe that her son was fairly upset that she was missing because it wasn't like her at all. So, yeah. Um, the police looked into Ed Gain, who had been at the store and found... They ultimately found her body at his home, and apparently she was hanging like you would hang a deer. Oh, he was, like, bleeding her out kind yeah. of thing? Um, <clears throat> Jeez. And after he got caught with that, he actually admitted to killing Mary Hogan, who was the uh, lady from the tavern. But... Um, Ed Gain had other things that he did. So he also admitted to robbing corpses from graves and doing necrophilia with them. Oof. And I believe I read 
that he admitted to going back and forth to graveyards like 40 times probably or more. Oh, wow. And sometimes he wouldn't do anything or find what he was looking for, but sometimes he'd steal their bodies and things like that and take them home. So this part is shocking, and this is why I picked his story for um, like a Halloween yep. theme is because um, when the police searched his house, they found uh, whole human bones and fragments. They found a waste basket made of human skin. Oh. They found human skin covering several chair seats. Jesus. They found <clears throat> skulls on his bedposts. They found female skulls, and some of them had the sop, the tops, like sawed off. Oh wow! They found several bowls made from human skulls. A corset made from a female torso, skinned. From the shoulders to the waist. Jesus. Leggings made from human skin. Oh, they gross. found several masks made from the skin of female heads. They found Mary Hogan, who was the lady from the tavern that yeah. went missing. They found her face mask in a paper bag. Jesus. They found her skull in a box. They found Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. So her body had been found hanging, but he had decapitated her. Fuck. Um, they found and and gutted her, basically, because yeah. they found her heart in a plastic bag in front of his stove. Oh. They found nine vulva in a shoebox. Oh, gross. They found a young girl's dress and the vulvas of two young females that they thought were about 15 years old in his house. They found a belt, a belt made from female human nipples. Jesus. They found a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. A lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Oh. And they found fingernails from female fingers in the house. Gruesome. That's actually grisly. Yeah. So I believe it was like maybe within like three or four years of his mom dying, he did all this stuff. And he also was very interested in studying anatomy. And he would like... Uh, like skin and like tanning cure. Oh yeah. People's skin and stuff. Yeah. And like so when it says there's a waste basket made out of like human human flesh, like it was like raw hide. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'd be the same <clears throat> as the skin face masks, the skin yep. for the back of a chair. Like all that would have to Otherwise, it'd just rot and be gross. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is, like, like if you compare it to, like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Who 
attempted to make human zombies and uh, did crazy things with body parts. He didn't cure and tan and whatever. I don't even know if tan is the right word, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't turn anything into leather so that it would not be rotten and smelly. Yeah. But this man took the time to make wearable items and decorations that. Ugh. That's gross. I can't believe he made leggings. Yeah. Um, so he was making a like a suit. Oh. Out of flesh, apparently. Like that was one of his ultimate goals. Yeah. That he hadn't completed. But apparently he did wear the belt made of nipples. And he put some of the like the face masks on his mm. on himself and he wanted to be consumed by his mother, so he had killed people and collected certain items that reminded him of his mom. Oh, okay. So that that's a very similar idea to the movie Psycho, right? Yeah. Because he was very consumed by his mother and was um, almost become, trying to become her in some odd way. Yeah. And easily linked to Silence of the Lambs, where Buffalo Bill was making human flesh suits. Yeah. Um, you looked like... Is that what he did? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen Silence of the Lambs, so I was actually just trying to recall that. But yeah, yeah. And then obvious... I mean, the obvious one, Leatherface. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they were brutalizing people in their home it was like a house of horrors well their property and yeah other places too but they had a house of horrors and yes they Leatherface, the character had a yeah. face mask made of obvious victims yeah and like i said he was committing necrophilia so your idea that he was probably thought he wasn't good enough and trying to make up for it was probably correct in a way too because like we could probably uh subjectively come to that conclusion because um if he's doing necrophilia after his mom dies he's got some untapped desires that he's probably been suppressing his whole life yeah yeah for sure so <clears throat> yeah and, I mean, like, I think a lot of these body parts, they couldn't link him to, like, miss, missing people. Oh, yeah. And I think the only two real people he got convicted from, or, like, convicted with murder, was those two women. But I think some of the body parts and things he found was from robbing graves. Yeah. And doing things with those bodies, too. So, um, it just, I think he eventually went to, uh, spend some time in a mental institution. I'd heard some of those stories and, and that, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know it was quite that, that brutal. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's probably just, oh, sorry, I missed, I missed one. They found four noses. Randomly, too. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's probably other things they found there, too. Oh, but yeah. that was just, like, a list someone had compiled that seemed to be legit, so. That's crazy. We should check out a documentary on Ed Gain. There's got to be a good one or yeah. a few out there. Yeah. Because that's really interesting. I thought it was interesting because I'd read that he claimed he didn't sexually assault the two people that he admitted he murdered. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was clearly, like, there was some clear evidence of him committing necrophilia, which which is sex with a dead body. Yeah. So, I think that actually, um, I think it's a theme in some of, the, some of these serial killers where they, for some reason or another, they feel so inadequate that a live person isn't going to work for them. And they seek out someone who's not alive to do that with. Ugh. Because I know uh, Ed Kemper, yep. when we did his story, it was kind of the same thing. Like, he, he had a very overbearing mother. And he preferred necrophilia. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So. Ugh, that's. Yeah. Gross. It is gross. And it's definitely the things of, it's nightmare fuel. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was a really good one. That, uh, that's, that was good. That's a good Halloween one right there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so the Axe Murder House. Lay it on me. All right, here <clears throat> goes. The Velisca Axe Murder House, conveniently located in Velisca, Iowa. Oh, that would make sense. Yep. Is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. The site is a gruesome, <clears throat> sorry, the site of a gruesome unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by an axe of an unknown perpetrator. Oh. Yeah. Six children? Holy man. Yeah. <clears throat> Yikes. Um, this house was purchased in 1994. <clears throat> excuse me, restored to its 1912 condition and converted into a tourist destination. It costs $428 a night to stay at the old haunted home where visitors always report strange paranormal experiences such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of children. $428 a night? No, thank you. Yeah, that's expensive. That's more expensive than a cheap night at the... Uh, what's the one in Ed The Fantasyland Hotel with, oh, like, yeah. the theme room? Yeah. But you probably guaranteed a paranormal experience. So that might be worth it for some people yeah there is free old buildings <laughs> <laughs> just rolling out a, a sleeping bag in an abandoned house on a farm i think a ouija board costs like 15 bucks <laughs> if you really want to go hard yeah but do you want to open a portal to hell or do you just want a little spooky experience uh good point good point uh but in november of 2014 the haunting took a darker turn 
Robert Stephen Lawrenson Jr., 37, of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, was on a regular recreational paranormal, paranormal visit with his friends when true horror struck. So this is per vice. This is what they're reporting. His companions found him stabbed in the chest um, uh, by apparent self-inflicted wound. They called 911 and Lorson was brought to a nearby hospital before being helicoptered to Creighton, Creighton? Creighton. Creighton University Medical Center in Omaha. The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office said Lawrenson suffered the self-inflicted injury at about 12.45 a.m., which is around the same time of the 1912 axe murders in the house. Lorson recovered from his injuries, but has never spoken publicly about what occurred that day. For Martha Lynn, the owner of the home, the incident was very upsetting. She says, It's publicity, but it's not exactly the kind of publicity you desire to have. I don't want people thinking that when they come to the Villisca Axe Murder House, something's going to happen that's going to make them do something like that. The house remains open for tourist visits and overnight stays to this day. Cool. Yeah. I I would stay there. If I was in the area and it wasn't $428 a night. Yeah. If it was a bit cheaper than that, even I'd like to try that one out. I think that'd be interesting to see what you might come up with. Okay, so the next story is about Ronald O'Brien. He has been called the man who killed Halloween and the Candyman. On Halloween... In 1974, 8-year-old Timothy O'Brien returned to his Houston home from a long night of trick-or-treating. His father, Ronald, gave him one last piece of candy, a pixie sticks, which Timothy ate instantly. Within moments, the boy was vomiting, and he died on his way to the hospital. After changing his story multiple times, police learned that Ronald was responsible for his son's death as he had poisoned the candy with cyanide. It turns out Ronald was in debt and had taken out a life insurance policy on his children. A year later, he was found guilty of the murder and he was given the death penalty by lethal injection, Vice reports. Oh. Yeah, the murder left its mark, though. Uh, parents today still check their kids' candy to see if it's been tampered with. And I remember my parents doing that every single time. I went trick-or-treating. Me or my sister, they'd dump it all out on the floor or on the kitchen table and go through every single bit of it. We kind of had that, but not really, because I grew up super rurally. Yeah. And we literally knew everybody yeah by name. Had nothing really to worry about. Yeah, not really, but they would still like check out our candy but i think it was mostly to eat it (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what we're doing nowadays um so just a quick thing about cyanide it's uh, a fairly deadly and fast-acting poison early symptoms include 
uh, headache, dizziness, fast heart rate, shortness of breath, and vomiting. This phase may then be followed by seizures, slow heart rate, low blood pressure, loss of consciousness, and cardiac arrest. That's horrible. Yeah. So this man had life insurance on his kid and killed him. Yeah, to get the money to pay debt. That's horrible. That is horrible. One thing I didn't know, though, is you can actually get cyanide poisoning from a house fire. Like if your house is on fire, breathing in the the smoke and the chemicals from things burning in your house can actually give you uh, uh, cyanide poisoning. That's... And it's relatively common. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. So this next one here, uh, two friends, Leslie-Ann Mazzara and Adrian Insogna were stabbed late one Halloween night. Leslie Mazzara, Adrian Insogna, and their friend Lauren Minza were busy handing out candy to trick-or-treaters at their Napa, California home on Halloween night, 2004. At around 11 p.m., the three women went to bed, not knowing that there would be one more visitor that night. Minza awoke to the scream from the upstairs bedrooms, ran out of the house, and drove away, leaving her two friends behind. And I don't mean the chuckle, but I think... <laughs> If I was staying at somebody's house and I heard screams coming from upstairs, my first reaction isn't to grab my shit and get out of there. Oh, mine is. <laughs> <laughs> it is, especially because if I was, if I'm staying at someone's house, it's probably because I'm a kid. There's nothing I can do to help you. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I was a kid, maybe. But these are definitely like oh, adults. Okay. Yeah. Mazera and Insogna, both 26, were stabbed to death upstairs. Eric Matthew Koppel, a friend of the, a friend of the victims, eventually turned himself in and confessed to the murders, though he never told anyone his motive. The Napa Valley Register reports. Koppel is serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole. What do you think about that one? Um, I think that's pretty crazy and creepy. And I still am, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. Like if I heard, if I heard some blood curdling screams coming from the upstairs of a friend's house, I'm not sure if I'm necessarily checking that out or if I'm checking myself out too. Maybe yeah. I do just grab my shit and go. I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess it depends if, uh, yeah, it depends on your age and yeah. whose house you're at. Like, if I was at, like, my parents' house, I wouldn't run away. Yeah, yeah. Or something. But. Yeah. That's, it's pretty crazy, too, that it was one of their friends, and he just eventually confessed to it and didn't reveal his motive, which, I mean, Why? Why did he, why did he do it? It would yeah. be nice to know. 
Okay, so now the next one is the haunted doll. When you think of haunted dolls, it's likely the creepy old Victorian-looking porcelain kind that springs to mind. Nope. What springs nope. to mind for you? Anything. <laughs> Anything. I had a stuffed gummy bear I thought it was alive. You know, like gummy bears bouncing here yeah. and there and everywhere. The cute things? Yeah, I thought I, I thought one of those was alive. I thought a Smurf was alive when I was a kid. Um, what else? Oh, I thought... The covers of books were going to get me. Like, I... <laughs> you had a good limits. imagination. Eh. Um, those ones that had the blinky eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, when you tip them down, their eyes blinked or closed. Yep. You know which ones? Those ones always freaked me out. I was always waiting for the eyes to just open up and be looking at me. I was always afraid of that. And Raggedy Ann was... Just yeah. creepy looking too. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, Raggedy Ann. I remember Raggedy Ann. Um, I don't know if they were horror stories, but you know, like little stupid things kids tell each other to scare, like oh, Bloody yep. Mary and other things. I'm certain there was a Raggedy Ann one going around when I was a kid. I don't really remember it now, but yeah. I thought I remember reading something that. Um, the Annabelle doll, yeah, like the one they use in the movies, is not what it looks like in real life. In real life, it looks like a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, I've seen pictures of the real one. Oh, really? Yeah, but it, they weren't saying Annabelle. It was Raggedy Ann in. Oh, really? The nineties in rural Alberta. Oh yeah. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, then again. There was probably stories floating around where I grew up about the haunted cow. So <laughs> it's true because I lived in the woods. I could see honey. that. There, I, a friend of mine had these. It was like a puppet that you kind of put on your hand, and you squeeze something on the inside, or there's two little rings you pulled down, or whatever, and it would box. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. And he had one of the creepiest looking ones, and that thing scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. Like it absolutely terrified me. Puppets are creepy to me. It was only certain ones. But <clears throat> what I find truly unsettling is almost any sort of claymation. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> um, what's that? Is it Gromit? Yeah. 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 Or Gumby. Wall Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, Wallace yeah. and Gromit. That's what it is. And Gumby. Yeah. Gumby. Uh, I, I loved Gumby oh. as a kid. No. You know, I, a truly terrifying uh, claymation, uh, I don't know, it was like a short movie, I the think. The Christmas one? The With creepy. Einstein? Oh, no. I oh, there was one, I'm sure it was, I think it was Albert Einstein. I'll have to look it up. And I'll try to remember, and I will post a link to it, because I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. I'll put it on our Facebook page. But I watched this as a kid, and... It is, I think it's called The Adventures of Einstein or something like that. But it was terrifying to watch. It's a very psychedelic, terrifying, claymation, weird movie. Yeah, that sounds weird. I also, I like Robot Chicken. I oh, think, yeah. I think it's good and funny. But their animations uh, are unsettling for me, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the Victoria-looking porcelain kind that springs to mind, but not to everybody's mind. Um, none of which you probably have laying around. Still, don't get too comfortable around any kids' toys too soon. A Disney's Frozen Elsa doll that was gifted for Christmas 2013 in the Houston area made headlines early, earlier this year when it seemingly became haunted. Uh, per KPRC2 Houston News, the doll recites phrases from the movie Frozen and saying, let it go when the button on its neck necklace was pressed. For two years, it did that in English. Mother Emily Madonia said. In 2015, it started doing it alter alternating between Spanish and English. That's not too unheard of because in the States, they do have a lot of uh, Spanish alternate yeah. toys and stuff, right? It is true. It is weird, though, that for two years it only did English. <laughs> <laughs> um... There was a, uh, sorry, there wasn't a button that changed these. It was just random. The family has owned the doll for more than six years and never changed its batteries. The mother says the doll would randomly begin to speak and sing even when its switch was turned off. The family decided to throw the creepy doll out in December of 2019. Weeks later, they found it inside a bench in their living room. The kids insisted they didn't put it in there. And I believed them because they wouldn't have dug through the garbage outside, Madonia told KPRC2 Houston News. At that point, Elsa ceased to sing the English rendition of Let It Go altogether, speaking only Spanish when pressed. The family then double-bagged the bizarre doll and placed it at the bottom of their garbage, which was taken out on garbage day. They went on a short trip after, but when they returned... Elsa, too, had come back and was waiting in the backyard of their home. This time, the family mailed Elsa to a family friend in Minnesota who taped the haunted doll to the front bumper of his truck. It doesn't seem to have made its way back to Houston yet, as per Madonia's latest uh, February Facebook update on the creepy doll. Um... Um... <laughs> okay, I got a few things to say about this. Okay. Who's bagging something and then sticking it in the bottom of their garbage after it's already shown up at their house creepily? I'm destroying it, like ripping it apart or chopping it up. Yeah. Or I, I'm guessing because I don't know if it's the I'm guessing it's the soft kind of like stuffed animal thing because you like press its belly in. I don't know what it is, yeah. but a sledgehammer might be a yeah. sledgehammer. Something's destroying this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's First about the all. time you go ax murder on yes. the Elsa doll. I'm definitely not going to be like, Ooh, it showed up two times. I'm going to mail it to someone. <laughs> I'm throwing it in a river. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'm taking some real action. Yeah. Kill it with fire. You're not wrong. If we had, because we're not even allowed a fire pit here, 
But if we had a creepy talking doll that kept it reappearing even mm-hmm. after we threw it away, I'm just going to burn it on the sidewalk then. Yeah. Or <clears throat> bury it. Like, do something. Yeah. I don't want to mail it to my friend. No, I think you're right, though. Destroying it yeah. is the main thing to do. Uh, we used to have one of those Tickle Me Elmos. Yeah. And those things for... I, I don't know if anybody else has had the experience with them, but it seems like when the batteries start to die on it... They get real creepy and weird? Well, yeah, they start... Because it just would play on its own. Yeah. Like, you'd be in a different room, and nobody is in the toy room, and all of a sudden, Tickle Me almost laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it was very creepy, but it's even worse when... Those talking dolls and the batteries start to die and they're talking in the normal voice and blah, 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 And they get really slow and deep. Yeah, it is. And then you're like, what the hell? Yeah. On top of it, though, when my kids were younger, when they had toys like that, uh, my son definitely had one that just kept going off at random times all the time. Yeah. I opened my front door and threw it into my grass at night one time. <laughs> because, like, I'm not like, oh, that's that's weird. It started speaking Spanish. Hmm, weird, strange. Let's keep it for quite a while. <laughs> like, if, if that annoying noise is randomly going off, I... There doesn't have to be a paranormal element to it. Yeah, it's Goodbye gone. Toy. <laughs> yeah, no questions asked. <laughs> Do not pass go. Have you ever out seen the door? <clears throat> the vi- there's like a video. There's probably a few, but I seen a video of Tickle Me Elmo, like without his fur. Oh yeah, <laughs> laughing. It's it's just very the white unsettling. plastic arms like yeah. moving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's creepy. Yikes. I have seen that. And it is very creepy looking. <laughs> so I think that wraps up this episode. Yep. I and think so too. next week we'll be reading some personal ghost, well, spooky stories from some of our listeners. Yep. You betcha we have a little compilation of them. Yeah. So if anybody listening right now has a story to add, uh, you can email us at um, darkvalepodcast at gmail.com or you can catch us on Facebook. Yep. Dark Veil Podcast with John and Tori. Yep. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. Send us a, your your ghostly, ghouly story in a Facebook message. Yeah. And we will read it. And, oh, and don't forget to check out Little Nerdy. Oh, right. Yes. It's uh, one of our top favorite podcasts we listen to. Um, It's with Michelle and Owen. They do, uh, like, like nerd, like, geek culture stuff. And it's really good. There's lots of humor in it, lots of information. Uh, It's always interesting. They talk about uh, movies, video games, anime. History. Yeah, history, board games. Yeah, board games, comic books. Yeah. TV shows, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot... Anything under the sun, really, that 
you can dive deeper and have a large interest in. Yep. They kind of have something from just about every category. So. Yeah, exactly. So check them out. Um, they they also have a Facebook page. Check it out. Uh, leave them a message. They release a new episode every Tuesday. Yeah. And they do once a month on a Friday their debate without hate, which is always really good. Uh, lighthearted debates about things in life. Yeah. So yeah, check them out, guys. Anyway, I guess we will uh, see you on Monday for some. Well, they're not going to see us, John. Well. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> They'll hear us on Monday for, for some, some podcast, podcast and chill. And chill.